This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. Businesses and profitability go hand in hand. Almost everyone who starts a company has an eye on the bottom line. Often though, in the pursuit of profits, the needs and feelings of people involved in the business are overlooked or ignored. Many managers tend to think that recognising performance and rewarding people for it is sufficient to make people feel appreciated. The truth is, understanding what people want, showing them care and respect and taking the trouble to know them often goes a longer way than just monetary rewards. People who feel cared for and understood often stay longer in a company than people who don't. Empathy from management leads to loyalty from employees and empathetic executives and managers realise that the bottom line of any business is only reached through and with people. Therefore, they have an attitude of openness towards an understanding of the feelings and emotions in their team members. So what is empathy and why is it so crucial the workplace? It is the last Monday of the month as we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us. Today, she's going to share her thoughts on empathy at the workplace through a number of cases studies. She wasn't with us last month because it was Deepavali. <laughs> anyway, uh, good to see you again, Sheila. Now, before we go into case study, Sheila, uh, can you share what you mean by empathy in the context of the workplace and why you decided to share on this topic this month? Empathy is a very crucial aspect of emotional intelligence. It's basically the ability to understand how someone else is feeling or to understand the situation that they're in. So, you know, it's that Term, put yourself into someone's shoes. Mm. There's an old Red Indian proverb that says, don't judge a man till you've walked a mile in his moccasins. Mm. And many of us don't take the trouble to walk in someone else's moccasins, or shoes or sandals mm. or whatever, mm. you know, and to understand how, uh, to understand what they are going through. So a full definition of empathy is two parts. Lah. Basically, is one being able to share emotion and another is being able to see someone else's point of view, mm. which I feel is very, very crucial in any kind of relationship, whether it's personal or whether, you know, it's it's a business relationship. So when you have empathy in the workplace, it actually is showing a deep respect for co-workers and it just shows that you care as opposed to just uh, looking at rules and regulations and performance and KPIs and things like that. Mm. So um, when you are um, when you have empathy, what you do is you're really interested in what people are saying. Mm. You really listen to them. So when someone comes in and says, sir, can I speak with you? You actually put down everything you're doing. Put on your phone, shut, shut off, you know, your 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 laptop. laptop. And then you just make eye contact and you sit and you listen to them, really, really listening and hearing. And then being able to put yourself there to feel what they're feeling, not for the whole duration, mm. you know, because then you might also fall apart, like, you know. The, mm. So the whole purpose is to jump into their shoes for a moment just to get a feeling of what they're feeling and what their needs are and then to jump out back into, say, like an observer neutral position to um, be able to okay. give them some Are assistance. some people naturally empathetic and some people are not? I don't know. Maybe you could say that way. I don't think anyone's born with it. I think it's something that you learn mm. uh, over a period of time. It depends on the milieu you're in, mm. you know, in, in terms of work and things like that. If you're in a job where you are required to listen to people, help them find solutions, one would tend to think that you would tend to have more empathy, but not necessarily hmm. true, la. So I, I yeah. yeah, you were saying no. I'm just I'm just wondering. I'm just thinking as I'm going through, and I, I I am naturally a chop 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 kind of person, 
and being empathetic has been a life experience, mm. life experiences, and then understanding that it's been it's been more learned, like, You know, I mean, even maybe being a mother and that sort of thing also helped as well. But you know, there are moments where it's just like, you know. Get over it and just move on. No, yeah, at some point you have to. Meaning, being uh, having empathy doesn't mean that you feel what someone's feeling and then you take on all their stuff and carry their baggage mm. and then <laughs> pander to you know their their wallowing and misery and grief and all that. And I'm a coach. Mm. I do have a lot of empathy for people, whether I'm coaching them or not. And I will step into the shoes and feel what they're feeling to be able to know why they are operating that way and maybe to be even able to help them. But up to a certain point, lah. Mm. if you come to me week in, week out, and you don't want to do the the assignments I give you, you don't want to change your map of the world, you want to keep on keep holding to your baggage because it's giving you some secondary gain, then okay, you know, there's, mm. there comes a time when I say, well, don't waste your money paying me because you don't want to make that change, then nothing on earth is going to help you, you know? Okay, Okay. let's go go through the first case study. And this is uh, case study one. I'm deeply hurt and disappointed by company management. I lost my father three months ago. The funeral was in a small town, 200 kilometers away. I was away from work for a week. No one from the company came to a funeral, nor did I receive a condolence message from the management, not even the HR department. My immediate colleagues knew and informed HR, but nothing. To add insult to injury after return to work, I was told I was only entitled to two days compassionate leave and the rest of the days I took off will be taken from my annual leave. Are these HR people even human? Am I justified in being upset? <laughs> hmm. yeah, sometimes you wonder if people are human. I mean, first thing that any company should do if you're informed that someone has a bereavement, a close relative, you should actually send a condolence message. Most companies have a policy of sending a wreath. Yeah. Okay, that's great. People remembered me and a wreath is good. But what about a personal message? What mm-hmm. about sending a representative? You know, I, I sometimes wonder why when somebody is getting married and they invite you, you might take the trouble to go. But if it's a bereavement, which is which is when the person mm-hmm. needs the support of the organization more. Because, you know, it, it denotes that you matter, and what you're going through matters to us. We're like a family. We're, we're there to support you. And also when the person comes back to work, it's easier for them to come come back and knowing that, you know, people know, that HR knows. And also for HR to be able to go and give some, uh, some sympathy and also say that, you know, if you need any time out, if, if you need Time out during the working day is a big, big uh, bereavement that you've been through. Just come and talk to us and mm. we'll see what we can work out. Because if, if anyone, if those of us have gone through bereavements like this, you do know that you can't just have a cutoff time of two days compassionate leave, deal with the funeral, come back to work. You're going to be crying all over the place. You're mm. going to be sitting down there shell-shocked, not able to to work. You'll be so demotivated with such a big well of grief going on inside of you that you can't even focus on work. Mm. You need some some leeway. So to be able to talk to someone, I, I actually think that every HR practitioner should be given some coaching skills to be able to coach people, not just in performance management. I, I get a ro- lot of requests today. Oh, can we do a program on coaching on performance management? I say can. But much more needed is coaching on how to handle people through the personal crisis in their life. Mm. Because 
a lot of people don't know what to do and when something like that happens they don't have the tools they just fall apart who are they going to talk to mm. you know i mean other than going and paying money to go out there and talk to a therapist and today in malaysia we still have this mindset that oh if i see a therapist something wrong with me mentally which we actually should get rid of such a mentality and i think that all organizations should have on standby at least some people who are mm. trained in what uh, trained therapists or trained in counseling coaching therapy so that that becomes a resource whereby if someone needs that kind of assistance someone to talk to you have this person who's totally objective neutral to be able to talk to about mm. your issues okay um, i i remembered my when i had a little my minor op and i remembered the previous company i worked for and the the general manager sent me flowers you know and you know through the company it's just like and to this day i still remember him i always have you know fond uh, memories of him and i was very loyal to him hmm. you know in, in that sense because of just a, a little simple thing of of doing this right um case study 2 i had a miscarriage after 3 years of trying for a child uh, so my 16th week of pregnancy and losing this child my womb was heart wrenching i was given 2 weeks of leave but when i came back my boss questioned the 2 weeks saying that since it was a miscarriage and not delivery why did i need so many days to recuperate i'm so angry at a lack of empathy that i feel like complaining to hr what should i do well certainly the boss was lacking in empathy <laughs> you know however having said that it could also be a misunderstanding on the terms la mm. on of leave relating to delivery and miscarriage mm. having said that you still need to give some sort of concession now according to the employment act 1955 it defines confinement as a childbirth resulting after at least 22 weeks of pregnancy mm. in the issue of a child or children whether alive or dead mm. so that means if you give birth to a child whether stillborn or alive and you have after 22 weeks then it's considered that you're uh, you can get a maternity mm. leave but in this case this person i mean you're you're 16 weeks you're not entitled to maternity leave but i suppose the presiding doctor did give have the discretion to determine how long he gives you time off mm-hmm. la because if you've been through like you know the procedure and you know, also to, to clean up a uh, woman all that then you need recovery period so i don't know to what extent this boss understood this or didn't understood it or is one of the people who just cut and dry and goes by the book la mm-hmm. but to question what a specialist has uh, endorsed recommended i think it's a no no la i think right. if you've got a mc from a specialist saying you got 2 weeks or 3 weeks then nobody has a right to question that mm. okay so um the the boss actually missed the fact that in a miscarriage that's not just a physical scar in your in your body it's an emotional scar and, and for it's life a, it's a spirit of the law not the letter of the law that's you know right. Me, right that's right many women whom i've spoken to mm. who've had miscarriages and i've spoken to women who have lost children you know after birth whether a few months or a few years I tell you losing there they say there's no difference I when I'm, I'm I'm discerned that there's no difference whether they've lost a fetus or lo- lost yeah. a child that's been born it's the same thing it's heart wrenching it's a life that you know you had this expectation that you're going to have this child and was taken away from you so no unless you can put yourself into the shoes of that person or you don't have to have been a married person who had children or has lost a child to be able to feel this 
it's very often the way to understand what people are going through and how to empathize is to actually just step out of your shoes and just see what is it like if mm. I were in their shoes. Mm. Okay, so in the instance of the question of should you feel like complain, should you complain at HR? I think if you can find a sympathetic HR representative, you could have a chat with them right. and just say maybe they could have a chat with the boss mm. or maybe the boss could be given a cause and counseling right. or empathy or uh, something like that. You're already given two weeks of leave, you yeah. know, of medical leave. So who are you to question? I mean, all, all said and done, you know? It should be treated yeah. like a bereavement, mm. you know? So again, I reiterate what I said. If you know people are going through a hard time in your lives, then company, do something. Pay for them to go for a, a coaching sessions, counseling, some mm. therapy sessions, at least. Or at the very least, you can't pay, then get someone in line you know, to, right. to talk. I, you know? That's the last thing you need coming back from a miscarriage yeah. to, to get questioned like this. We'll go through other case studies uh, after this. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singham uh, from Human Equation, BFM 89.9. Beating fickle mindsets, BFM 89.9. The Business Station. You're listening to uh, BFM 89.9. This is Frida Liu. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation talking about ep- empathy in the workplace. As usual, we're you know we going through uh, case studies. Uh, we went through two just a little bit earlier on. Um, I'm going to go to the third one right now. Um, I broke my leg while on vacation and had to have surgery. I was given two months medical leave as I cannot walk. My department's in the midst of a very important project and I'm a key person in executing the project. My department head keeps calling me and asking me to do research and write reports even though we have a new manager senior to me who is supposed to hit the project. His excuse is that the new guy does not know anything. If I refuse, it might jeopardise my career but I'm highly stressed and wonder if it's acceptable for the boss to do this. Where is the empathy? True. You feel that your boss might not have the empathy but um, I'm also, I'm I'm not taking sides here Mm. but I'm saying first of all Maybe if this project has got tight deadlines and, you know, in the midst of things, something unexpected like you being taken out of the equation mm. can really throw things off balance. So I wonder what, what's going through the boss's mind if he has to, you know, fulfill his KPIs. Having said that, I mean, if you are pestered or constantly are being asked to work while you are on leave or, or no medical leave. <laughs> his, I guess his reasoning is that it's only your leg. You can still write reports. <laughs> you can still write reports, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but if you're on medical leave and you can't go to work, Right. Technically, the company should not be asking you yeah. to do any work. Mm. Okay, so as long as you don't voluntarily comply, lah, you can agree. Mm. But as then possible, more work will come your way and interfere with your, um, right. you know, your time and energy that you need to recover. You can say no, yes, but risk retaliation by your employer, by your mm. boss. Um, and then you may find that you may be criticised or disciplined for works not done and then come appraisal time, mm. they might penalise you for not being there to do the work, which technically they can't do. Yeah. They should not be taking it out on you. So, I mean, to protect your rights, maybe you could just be cooperative with simple, easy equipment request for information if it's no skin of your back mm. um, but if it's really putting you out and you, you are in pain having to do this sit mm. down sitting down move around yeah. and all that then I think you need to tell them in all fairness that uh, if they really need help to send someone over to you that you can brief them and tell them what mm. to do and hand over you know the project to them so um, and then also 
if if you if you think it's a burden, then just say no and face the consequences, lah. But you ask them, ask them what will happen if I say no right now. Are you mm. going to discipline me? Right. Are you going to you know sort of? Is it going to affect my appraisal? Are you going to cut my bonus? Does this mean I'm not going to get increment? Because really, I I which human being would want to jeopardize their job? Right. But you know, if you are on medical leave in in such a way that. It's going to be a strain on you uh, emotionally, mentally and physically to have to do this work. The company should not be asking you to do that. And I think that um, HR, management should actually put it out there. And you know, people, I'm sure it's medically proven, uh, but I'm just going to say, you know, when you don't have peace of mind, it takes a long time to recover. You're so right. You know, so, so right. you know, if I don't have peace of mind, I'm still constantly, it's, it's just going to affect all of me. Right, yeah. you know, if, if I have complete rest, mind, and you know, body and soul, then I'll be able to recover faster. And but you'll be waiting to actually to go back to work exactly. and resume your job. I mean, in Malaysia, never mind medical leave lah, even annual leave. Mm. People call you back. People disturb you. Hey, where's that file? Or have you finished that? Oh, oh mm. my God, we need this urgently. There's a crisis. People, sh- you shouldn't catch out people when they're on leave, you know. Okay, the next one is an interesting one. Uh, I just went through an unpleasant divorce. It's ripped my life apart, and I find that I have no motivation to anything much. Let alone don't work. I'm weepy and tired all the time. It's all I can do to get up and go to office. My colleagues and managers know about this, but I don't seem to be getting much sympathy as they still expect me to keep up with my deadlines. I'm beginning to get impatient with my inability to perform as I did before. Do you think companies should give compassionate leave to people who go through a divorce? After all, they do when a spouse dies. That's a very interesting Mm, question. Why not? Right. I think so, lah. Divorce is a very shattering thing. Mm. It's um, you know, it's actually ripping apart the entire fabric of a marriage. Mm. The children involved. There's this. In fact, I think sometimes a bereavement is a terrible thing, but there's closure mm. and a divorce. There's just all kinds of questions. Right. I mean, I can really know what I'm talking about because I've been through both. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I I've I've lost a a spouse in both instances. Just, so, okay. you know, um there's different sets of emotions involved and you you often wonder why when someone has gone through uh, a divorce mm. there isn't more sympathy. Right? And then people will ask you questions like also oh, did he leave you or did you leave him? Mm. And then if you say that, oh, you left him, they go like, oh, okay, then you should be okay because you made the decision. Mm. Like who in their right mind would want to leave a marriage voluntarily, right? right? But then often we don't know what people go through behind closed doors, all right? Behind the closed doors of a home, we don't know. Mm. I know of so many couples who are out there when they come for events, they're putting up this front of everything is so lovey-dovey and they're like so together. Mm. But behind closed doors, OMG. Right. Yeah, no ideas that the horrific things that, you know, are happening behind closed doors. So I've I've coached mm. some of them myself and uh, you can never, ever judge what's going on on the surface right. of any marriage. So this is, I guess, you know, really out there, right? I mean, I, I would think you should, but it's, there's no law about it when you go through a divorce, you know, because, but I, I, you know, having been through this myself, it was very difficult to work. It yes. is very difficult to be performing, right? If you don't have, I had I had a very empathetic boss. I have a very empathetic boss in Malik Ali. And so that helped tremendously, right? Mm-hmm. But if I didn't, uh-huh. I don't know how I would 
have been able to handle it, right? So it really, he, you know, the first thing he said, like, do you need time off? Do you need these sort of things? So already because of that, I've, I had the energy to work. Yes. Right? Because I knew that. Just okay, knowing someone cared. Cared enough. And mm. that, that is sort of taken off. And then that gave me the energy. Imagine if it wasn't on top of this. It will feel like, you know, uh, death seriously it would it mm. would it is and uh, because nobody knows why people leave a marriage nobody knows why people go through what they're going through this and 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 most often in in a bereavement grief is grief right okay you're grieving for a person who's gone they're not there anymore you love them yeah that's mm. there in a divorce, you are also going through a lot of pain. Right. You're going through a lot of hurt. You're only wishing death, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're going through a lot of hurt, a lot of unpleasant uh, stuff that's happened. Yeah. Maybe there might be emotional, physical abuse. And it's very, very damaging to, to yeah. a person. I guess in this sort of situation is to have that conversation with, with, your, yeah. with your manager and by saying, this is what I'm going through. Give, give me some time. Hmm. Uh, I will do the necessary, whether it's to get a coach or to get therapy or whatever. Whatever, but understand that this might affect work and I hope that you understand maybe that kind of conversation right mm. uh, yes the, the manager should know or the manager might not know maybe then the employee's onus is to just say this is my situation at the moment sometimes people don't know how to approach this mm. people it don't is, know how to right? approach you're right so, I mean so, there's no act or anything governing right? what to do with employees who go through divorce right. but having said that I just want to speak to companies out there and say, yes, while you have policies and acts and all that to govern employment, I think sometimes you need to play it by ear Mm. and you also need to decide that are you going to be an organization that puts empathy, respect, caring as one of its premier values? If you are, then however you treat your employees, whatever employee guidelines, policies you come up with, you need to have those values guiding and driving right. those policies. Yeah. So so the reason I also said that employees should speak up is like people know when someone's gone through a death in the family, mm. right? But people may not know you've mm. gone through a divorce in the family. Mm. So maybe you also have to speak up because otherwise from the outside, I want why is this person performing like this? I don't know what's going on in their lives. Having said that, right? Frida, a lot mm. of people don't want to talk also when exactly. they're going through a divorce because they see it as some sort of stigma. I'm mm-hmm. like, why? It's, so, yeah. I mean, if you had a business partnership with someone and then it didn't work out, you would, you would just say, well, you know, I sold my shares to him or we, we split up and mm. I'm going my own separate ways. And you're like, cool about it. Mm. So in a marriage, why? Why do you see it as a failure that a marriage didn't work out? Right. Why you take all the responsibility and I don't want to tell anybody, don't want to tell the office and then, you know, keep quiet and then like as if it's some big stick. I know of people who have divorced for years. And they never told anybody in the office. I say just treat it like Brexit. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Okay. The final case study. I've just been appointed head of HR and new company. I've come to realize that my team seems to do things by the book and lacks empathy when it comes to dealing with the staff. A staff member requested flexibility in working hours as she had to take care of a child with a prolonged chronic illness but was flatly refused, saying that HR had no precedent for such a request. How can I teach my team to have more empathy? Well, you're the head of HR. Yeah, come on, come on. Engage people to come and conduct courses. I mean, give them EQ training. Um, Give them an exercise, which uh, I teach in most of my trainings to teach people to look at other people's point of view. It's called perceptual positions where I get I give them a scenario and I get them to put themselves into the shoes of the person who's going through that crisis uh, moment and ask, what would you do? How would you feel mm. to really get them to emote? It's, it's like mindfulness. 
Okay, but because a lot of times, if you haven't gone through what someone else is going through, you're like you can be very cut and dried. And a lot of people live their life dissociated. Like you know, I'm not dissoci- I'm not associated to what's happening around me. More, even less so if it's someone else's stuff. So get people to go and go into somebody else's stuff. Do case studies. You know, ask them to analyze case studies and see what they would do. Another thing is to do it, get them to do employee interviews. Mm. Go and talk to all your employees. Find out what they're going through. Find out what are the constraints they go through in life that impacts work. You know, of course, you need to learn to have rapport with people before you can go and do this. Lah, because you're going to sit behind a table in the HR department and then tell people, I'm going to do an interview with you about your life. No one's going to talk to you. So it's got to be done in a very elegant way. Take people out for coffee. Have a budget for the Starbucks coffee, you know, and then get people out. Take the them, talk to them and then um, implement some of what the employees have told you during these interviews to show them that you heard you have an empathy you understand and you're willing to meet them halfway another thing is foster cognitive empathy through movies literature and lo- role playing so cognitive empathy is the ability to take another person's perspective and imagine what actions might make that person feel better so what can I do to make such a person feel better just no, come up with a whole bunch of scenarios and then then go and bounce it off people to say, okay, if you were in this situation, uh, what would you like me to do? Mm. So then you have an idea, then you do it. I mean, it's no hard and fast rule. Mm. For some people, this might work. Some people, it might not. But it's always good to have a starting point as to where you want to start. Another thing is you need to teach people observation skills. Now, I've been in a situation where I've gone and told a colleague, hey, so and so, huh? It's not quite themselves to speak, you know. Mm. They're a bit like moody, and I'm, mm. I've seen them like you know, eyes have been a bit red, face may they're very quiet this week. And then the other person would go, Oh, really? Ah, I didn't notice, like, I've been really busy. So, where is your empathy? Where's your observation skills? How can you not pick up the signals in other people? So, uh, another thing that's very valuable is to teach people observation exercises to observe other people's physiology to be able to see whether it's different something is different and then to be able to go and ask the person hey i noticed that you know you've been a bit quiet this week you haven't joined us for lunch and you've appeared to be a bit down i mean Mm. correct me if i'm wrong is anything wrong do you want to talk about it Mm. all right and then get people to challenge um, prejudice and stereotyping. So if you your HR people might have stereotypes, oh, I see that one every time they MC on Monday. Mm. Uh, must be wanting a long weekend. Mm. So stop and nip those conversations in the bud. Get them to, uh, ask them what could other reasons be that the person's doing that. Mm. Why not have a conversation with the person? Maybe uh, uh, the work week is so stressed that come Saturday, they just relax and then, you know what happens when you relax and then your adrenaline level goes down, your immunity goes down. You, you just, fall ill. And so fall so you know that's that's what happens. So get people to change roles in a day for a day, maybe hmm. get them to step into someone else's role and see what it's like to be in that department doing that job, so that you understand the pressure that they go through. Like maybe customer service, hmm. customers coming, standing, shouting, abusing. Ask HR person to sit there for a while. Hmm. Then you know the kind of stress that person is going through. Right. You'll be able to empathize and say, okay, maybe I can create some activities or scenarios to just help this person de-stress. Hmm. Maybe have a meditation room in the office where they can go 
sit among some plants, listen to some, you know, chill music for like five, ten minutes in the middle of that workday and then come back. Maybe organize a massage for all these people. Mm. Things like that that go a long way. You, you know, sometimes you think that you have, by, by, by showing that you care, people are going to climb on your head, take advantage of you. It's all nonsense, lah. Right. You know, caring and empathy goes such a long way in building relationships at work and the loyalty. Right. Uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equations. So she'll be back at the uh, December 30th, right? It'll be interesting. We're going to close the year and also get ready for the new decade uh, in that conversation. Uh, so stay tuned for that next month. Again, uh, Human Equation founder Sheila Singham, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.